0: A reading from To Bless the Space Between Us, a book of blessings by one of my favorites, John O'Donohue, chapter one in blessings. Sometimes the greatest challenge is to actually begin. There is something deep in us that conspires with what wants to remain within safe boundaries and stay the same. Years ago, my neighbor here set out to build his new home He had just stripped the sod off the field to begin digging out the foundation when an old man from the village happened to come by. He blessed the work and said, you have the worst of it behind you now. My neighbor laughed and said, but I have only just begun. The old man said, that's what I mean. You have begun. And to make a real beginning is the most difficult act. There is an old Irish proverb that says, a good beginning is half the work. There seems to be a wisdom here when one considers all the considerations, hesitation and uncertainty that can claim our hearts for such a long time before the actual act of beginning happens. Sometimes a period of preparation is necessary where the idea of the beginning can gestate and refine itself. Yet quite often we unnecessarily postpone and equivocate when we should simply take the risk and leap into a new beginning. The Greeks believed that time had secret structure. There was the moment of epiphany when time suddenly opened and something was revealed in luminous clarity. There was a moment of crisis when time got entangled and directions became confused and contradictory. There was also the moment of Kairos. This was the propitious moment. Time opened up in kindness and promise. All the energies cohered to offer a fecund occasion of initiative creativity, and promise. Part of the art of living wisely is to learn to recognize and attend to such profound openings in one's life. In the letters between Boris Pasternak and Olga Ivinskaya, there is the beautiful recognition. When a great moment knocks on the door of your life, its sound is often no louder than the beating of your heart, and it is very easy to miss it. I'm gonna read that again. When a great moment knocks on the door of your life, its sound is often no louder than the beating of your heart, and it is very easy to miss it. To live a conscious life, we need to constantly refine our listening. The Jewish tradition believed that time had its own seasons. In the book of Ecclesiastes, there is a list of the correspondences between certain events and their proper time. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sew. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Before it occurs, a beginning can be a long time in preparation. This is why some beginnings take off with great assuredness and one can instinctively recognize that the right direction has been chosen. Without any struggle, one enters into a fluency that seemed to have been awaiting one's choice. Other beginnings are awkward and slow, and it takes considerable time before the new path opens or welcomes one. Sometimes beginnings can catch us unawares. Often when something is ending, we discover within it the spore of new beginning, and a whole new train of possibility is in motion before we even realize it. When the heart is ready for a fresh beginning, unforeseen things can emerge. And in a sense, this is exactly what a beginning does. It is an opening for surprises. Surrounding the intention and the act of beginning, there are always exciting possibilities. This inevitably excites artists. So much can happen between the moment the brush is taken into the hand and the moment it touches the canvas. Such beginnings have their own mind, and they invite and unveil new gifts and arrivals in one's life. Beginnings are often new horizons that want to be seen. They are not regressions or repetitions. Somehow they win clearance and become fiercely gripped. They become fiercely free of the grip of the past. Somehow they win clearance and become fiercely free of the grip of the past. Heartlifter, what is the new horizon in you that wants to be seen? That is looking forward into 2023, the question that I'm asking my own heart, and today I am asking you. What is the new horizon in you that wants to be seen? That is the question that is inviting us into 2023. (laughs) What is the new beginning that you want to see happen in your life? Giving the past the permission to release its grip. Giving your future, your present, permission to unfold. I haven't spent all the time I want to spend in looking back to 2022 in my life. It was a year of incredible growth, a growth I shared that I didn't expect. I didn't see it coming, but it came anyway, because it was time for me to cast away some stones and to gather some new stones. What time is it in your life before we close, I'm going to read that beautiful passage from Ecclesiastes again and invite you to sit with it as Alexio Divina, as a meditative exercise. Maybe listen to it two, three, four times and listen closely with that attunement that we know about, with that listening between the lines we've studied so hard with active listening that we're trying to place and practice in our lives, and ask God, what time is it? What new beginning? What new season are you inviting me into in my life? When I ask that question, I'll give you a peek inside of my own heart's journey for 2023. I felt the whisper of the word increase. Ah. Well, my (laughs) type A-ness would go, ooh, an increase, right? An increase in my work, an increase in numbers, an increase in this, an increase in that. But no, this invitation held a secondary invitation based on John 3.30, where John himself says, I must decrease so that the Spirit of God, so that the way of Jesus can increase. And when I looked up that word, increase, it actually means oxano. It's a verb that means growth, a growth of that which, which lives naturally or spiritually. And so my perception invited me into understanding that in this year, 2023, this new year, this is a time where God wants to increase perhaps some things in my life that he has invited me into over and over again, but I have just not conceded. I have not said, okay, okay. And for me, that would be a continuation here on our conversations together from season 10 where we talked about that invitation to come into the contemplative practices of our spiritual life, the practices of stillness, silence, and solitude. I'm real good in my life at trying to fix things or trying to make things happen, but I'm not really good at sitting still. It was an invitation I received way back way way back in my life in 1988 from a beloved man named Dr. Grohlke and it was a Tuesday in my life I've shared a bit about it when I was not in a good place mentally or emotionally I had just had a miscarriage I was losing a very close friend and a spiritual mother in my life from cancer and I was just in a devastatingly difficult place and I had lost a massive amount of weight and I went to this doctor he was an internist thinking he would say I was dying of something it's actually really honestly what I wanted him to say because I thought well that would be easier to deal with then what he did tell me was young woman young lady you need a break You need a sabbatical. You need to take off six months of every leadership position you are in because you are emotionally, mentally, and now physically breaking down. As I reflect back and I think about that young woman who was me with a young toddler toddling around, I was so exhausted and burned out. From my life. I was burned out from an inauthentic faith life. I was a brand new zealot of the Christian faith. I had become what we would say in the day, born again. I had been raised Catholic and was very In tuned with that, I went to church with my mother, the youngest of three, so I spent a lot of quality, quiet time with my mom because my siblings were so much older, and she was a devout Catholic, so we went to church every Sunday together, she and I, and I remember holding her hand because I could feel intuitively her anguish and her pain, having an alcoholic husband very difficult situation raising children in an alcoholic home with far less tools we have than that we have now and i remember taking on her suffering and her anguish actually taking it on and feeling like i had to parent her it's called parentizing isn't it and i took that on and I remember looking at the stained glass windows and hearing the cadence, I write about this in my very first book, Rock Solid Families, where I'm really looking at family systems, my own and then how we can build new systems of health and healing. I'm very proud of that book to this day and hope one day to rewrite it but now with all the knowledge and wisdom I've earned through the years of and of trauma and family epigenetics. and. But we'll talk about it here, we always do. I always include my thoughts on that here. But I remember being very close to God, but not really knowing anything about Jesus or the Holy Spirit. So when I came to an awakening in my senior year in college, we would have called that at the time, like I said, becoming born again. And then in the charismatic circles that I walked in, we would have called becoming baptized by the Spirit and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit as a second baptism where we received our prayer language. So now as I reflect back on my journey of faith, I know that at that young age of 28, I was coming unglued. I was deconstructing my faith. I was looking at what is real and what's not real. I was absolutely in a time of crisis. As I just read to you from To Bless the Space Between Us, sometimes a time of crisis leads us to a beginning. And I look back at Dr. Grolke's advice to me to sit for 15 minutes a day and do nothing, to not have any leadership position at all so I resigned from children's ministry that was not received well by my church system they were not happy with that I would not then be available to them to serve because I obeyed this man I knew I knew instinctively that all of the words he was saying to me was they were right and I took that time off and I was just a mom let's just put just in parentheses right that's how I thought back then I can't just be a mom or a wife oh my gosh that's so that's just such a failure right all of those preconditioned ideas I had about my life my uh, productivity my success my vision of success my understanding he challenged everything about my type 3-ness if you know the Enneagram and he actually invited me into my type (laughs) 4-ness to become more artistic and do the things that I love, always wanted to do and love. So as I've said, I got a perm. My mother never wanted me to have a perm. I started dressing differently. I started reading Victoria Magazine and and really getting in touch with what I thought would be a beautiful home and what brought me joy, tea and and tea ceremonies and tea parties. And I planted at least a hundred geraniums had my husband build, window boxes in our tiny little house. And I just planted geraniums everywhere because to me that sounded like Italy. And I always wanted to be European and live in Italy. So it was such a fantastical yet challenging time, those six months. And he invited me to start journaling and start writing. So thank you, Dr. Grolke, for your wisdom back then, because I'm not sure The trajectory of my life at that point was not headed in the way of being an author who writes deep work and a spiritual, uh, mystical-type Christian who loves liminal space and loves to ponder the mystical aspects of our faith. Now, that was frowned upon, actually, back then, and maybe even now. But once again, here I am. Woo! Some... (laughs) Almost uh, 40 years later, 30 years particularly later, I'm being invited into that space again, which is uncomfortable, into a quieter sense of being, into a quieter faith, into quieter work where I can access the deeper aspects of my thought processes. That requires slowing down. That requires a time of planting not a time of harvesting. It requires a time of growth. And sometimes that growth is underneath the earth and it's very quiet and still. But I am being invited into that space. And Heartlifter, I wanna invite you into it as well. And that's an invitation as well in my work and in what I do with my clients. We do a whole lot of talk therapy I do a lot of teaching. I do a lot of spiritual direction. You know, I've written the Heartlift Method, which is a synergy of coaching, counseling, therapeutic practices, trauma informed ways, uh, modalities. But I have forsaken really pressing the issue of the spiritual contemplative practices in my work with my clients and I will invite them into it, but I haven't been I haven't been consistent in perhaps bringing that into the practice in a way that I think will actually make a difference. And that I'm doing this year. Now, the cost of inviting that into my client practice sessions might mean I lose some clients. But I'm willing to take that risk because I do believe God has invited me into this. And I know that he will be present with me, he will guide me, and he will bring to me people that are desiring and hungering after that as well. And so with that word that he has given me, increase, that I must decrease some of the tools that I think are going to show quick measures of productivity and quick measures of success I'm going to increase not only in my own life but in my work those practices those contemplative practices of stillness silence and solitude meditation mindfulness uh, yin yoga which produces a slower movement which will help us increase in our bodies to be more at ease and at peace Within this word, this promise that he's given me to increase, he has also given me a scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11. And this portion of this beautiful book of the Bible that's in the New Testament is going to be my prophetic footing. And of course, whatever is happening in my life will, will definitely transition and come into place in the podcast. So I want to read this to you today, and it's from the Voice Bible, the Voice version of the Bible. But I will say, this is Paul, the apostle, writing to us, but I will say this to encourage your generosity. The one who plants little, harvest little. And the one who plants plenty, harvest plenty. Giving grows out of the heart. Heartlifter. This is right along with our prophetic footing as a heart lifter, Proverbs 4, right? 23. Take care, guard your heart because absolutely everything flows, everything of influence. Your heart, your heart influences absolutely everything in in your life. So giving now grows out of our heart. Otherwise you're, you're going to reluctantly grumble, yes, because you felt you had to, or because you couldn't say no. But this isn't the way God wants it, for we know that God loves a cheerful giver. God is ready. Listen, lean in here. God is ready to overwhelm you with more blessings than you could ever imagine so that you'll always be taken care of in every way and you'll have more than enough to share. Remember, that is what is written about the one who trusts in God. He scattered abroad. He gave freely to the poor. His righteousness endures throughout the ages. Now I want to go back to just two different words in that portion of Scripture, particularly focusing on verse 8 which in the voice reads, God is ready to overwhelm you with more blessings than you could ever imagine so that you'll always be taken care of in every way. And you'll have more than enough to share. And in the amplified version, this is what that verse eight sounds like and is interpreted. And God is able to make all grace That's every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, meaning being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Two words within that verse 8. One is grace, as we read in the Amplified. In the voice, it says, ready to overwhelm you with more blessings than you could ever imagine. That's what how grace can be interpreted. Grace here comes from the Greek word charis. It's a noun, and it means once you've rendered the benefit. So grace here means bounty to bestow upon us great measure of everything that we need. There can also be a graciousness of our manner and our act and how we act in the world. So Charis can be the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. So that, woo, that is so good. I'm sorry. I just had to have a little bit of a moment there. Because God is saying, okay, I'm able to give you absolutely everything you need, naturally and spiritually. And we know that that involves emotionally and mentally as well. He's telling us, I I possess that and I'm going to bestow that bounty on you. This will afford us, then, to be able to possess all joy, all pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, a grace of speech, bounty. It's just a picture of a banqueting table, isn't it? God is able to make every favor and earthly blessing imaginable come in abundance to us. And then we, after we have received that from this divine influence, right, from God the Father, Jesus' Son, and the Holy Spirit, we then move through our spheres of influence and reflect that grace to everyone we meet along our everyday lives. This, Heartlifter, is an invitation. Paul is inviting us, God is inviting us through Paul to believe and Believe His Word, that He is able to make all grace, every good bountiful gift that comes from the Father above is ours, if we'll only receive it from Him. That is an invitation to open our hands, our mind, our hearts, our eyes, our bodies, and receive His love, His joy, His sweetness, His grace, His mercy, His, oh goodness, keep filling in God's character. This is an invitation of increase. That's what this is. The second word is sufficiency. As I read in the Amplified, in the King James as well, says sufficiency. In the voice, it reads this way. God is ready to overwhelm you. He's able to give you all the grace you need, all that you could ever imagine and more, so that you'll always be taken care of in every way and then you'll have more than enough to share. This is God's economy. This is the way the kingdom of heaven works here in the kingdom of earth. This is a God who provides everything that we need, not everything that we want, (laughs) but everything that we need in order that we be taken care of. In his sufficiency, we're taken care of. And then in turn, we go out, as I just read, and reflect and offer and give this to everyone in our spheres of influence. I will be unpacking this small portion of God's great word this entire year. It is our prophetic footing that we will be standing on here. Because not only do I want this for my life, I want it for your life. I want you dear heartlifter, to believe what God says. Uh, ex- let me reframe that quickly. I want you to believe who he says he is and then reflect that in your life by believing what he says about you and then spreading that cheer and that joy and that revelation to everyone. It's a ripple effect. As we decrease, In our shadow sides. I want to decrease in my life my people-pleasing, my need for affirmation, my need for applause, my need for numbers to show up on my social media, my need, my need, my need, my need. Of all the, the futile things that really, really do not matter, they just don't matter. They don't matter. And I want an increase of contentment, which is also how that word sufficiency can be interpreted. In the Greek, it is autokaria, a noun that means a mind contented with its lot, with its lot in life, with its station. A mind contented with the fact that perhaps you are dealing with a significantly difficult medical prognosis, or someone in your life has a sincere, difficult, mental trauma going on. Perhaps you're holding the death of a loved one that is so hard to hold. Whatever your lot, your station, your posture, your place in life is, can we receive God's invitation to believe his sufficiency and in turn receive that contentment that comes along with that? Contentment is just a satisfaction of what you have. You you want nothing more than what you already have in a natural sense. We can always hunger and thirst for more in the supernatural and the spiritual. That's where we want the increase. So when I say, you know, I'm going under this word increase in my own life to have an increase of joy, to have an increase of peace, peace of mind, an increase of confidence an increase of assertiveness in the areas where I need to use my voice and believe in myself, increase in humility, increase in courage. You fill in the blank. What is it time for in your life? What beginning is God inviting you into in this brand new year? We'll be talking more and more about this. I have a host of incredible, remarkable guests coming. We're beginning season 11 now, of course, with our looking forward to 2023. But our season 11 will be called Be Remarkable. I am going to invite you back into a course, a study, a a work that I did in my own heart a few years ago because it is right on time for it to be here with us today and I cannot wait to talk to you about it so stay tuned for great guests great conversations and please please I I am literally begging you at the beginning of this year to talk to me (laughs) I I am craving hungering and thirsting for an increase in dialogue from you Heartlifters from the Heartlift community from our podcast community how has the work we're doing here in this community benefited you? How has it increased you? How has it bestowed upon you value? I want to hear from you. The easiest way, of course, is by email Janelle at JanelleRairdon.com. If you are subscribed to my weekly, sometimes bi-weekly newsletter, depending on my client load, You can directly answer me on those emails and I will get them immediately. Please subscribe for the weekly, bi-weekly email. Please meet me over on Facebook in our Stronger Every Day community. We're still there until I can plant ourselves in a different place where we can have more and more dialogue. And meet me on Instagram, at Janelle Reardon. That is where I go first. I give most of my attention in the area of social media to Instagram. So DM me there. Get all the links in the bio. I'm constantly putting new resources, new videos, new free resources, new, new, new things on the link in my bio. And please, once again, I am begging you (laughs) to leave a review of the podcast. Not a bad one, please. We can do without that. But... Leave a review of one sentence review of somehow this podcast, this time has been beneficial to you. When we do that, we exponentially increase the impact of the podcast. It already reaches around the world. Why not reach for more, right? More of that 8 billion people that are supposedly in the world today. I can't do it without you. I cannot do it without you. This is a team effort. It's not about me. It's about we, you and me, allowing the promises, the purposes, the passions of the God that we know and love to reach the ends of the earth. Go to JanelleRiordan.com slash podcast. Go to the bottom of that page. It's as easy as one, two, three. It'll take you five minutes. I will be paying attention and I will be writing down all the names of everyone that leaves reviews and giving away some really great things in the upcoming months. So please be a part. I'm sending you love, Heartlifters. I'm thanking you so much for being here with me. Thank you for looking back and looking forward and looking within. Now, take a few moments and enter into this Lexio Divina from Ecclesiastes three. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Thanks be.